0: Broadcasting live from the PHX.FM studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses
1: and the people who lead them. Welcome to another episode of the Arizona 100 podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with PHX.FM. With me, as always, is Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Hey, Abby.
0: Hey, Adrian. What's up? I feel like we
1: should name this podcast just, Hey, Abby. Hey, Adrian. Like that. <laughs> would be a good...
0: Well, we're pretty consistent in our greetings, that's for sure.
1: We ought to branch out a little bit. You think? We could.
0: Well, let's talk about that. I mean, we can banter for hours about virtually nothing, so it could work.
1: Worked for Seinfeld.
0: It did. Uh, For like eight years or something.
1: I don't think this is that.
0: Well, they might not have thought this was that either until it just kept going, right? Right. So you never know.
1: No, I don't. As my wife always tells me, I never know.
0: Right. She's a wise woman.
1: Yes. I think she really means it philosophically.
0: Yeah. Well, She's I talking wouldn't. about
1: the underpinnings of knowledge and what it means to know, you know, epistemology and all that.
0: No, she really means that you don't know anything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know.
0: No, you really wouldn't. And and <laughs> wouldn't and and given what's coming up next, don't argue with it because, you know, Valentine's Day is right around the corner.
1: I definitely would not pick an argument about who knows more than anyone else with, this holiday on the yeah. horizon.
0: It's another big holiday too, you know.
1: I do know. See, there's one thing I know. What do you I, Arizona Statehood Day. How about that? Which is lovely.
0: Isn't it? 109 years. Now,
1: why is this a big deal? As somebody who's not from here, although to what degree is any of us really from here? Oh,
0: we are really getting up in the clouds today. Why is it a big deal? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of cool to recognize the day that the place that we call home became part of the, the union. There's a word I don't, I, I had to look up, contiminous, conterminous, United States, not contiguous, conterminous, because those other two states are not connected or something. I don't know. I had to look it up.
1: Is it conterminous or coterminous?
0: I don't know. Let's C-O-N. Well, so con, conterminous. Yes. Basically, we were the last of the forty-eight whatever states to become part of the union back a hundred and nine years ago.
1: Now, why is that?
0: Why were we last? Yeah. Oh, are we getting philosophical again? <laughs>
1: no, I don't know. Not, Probably just took some time historical. for them to get there,
0: get organized, and get their plan together. And you know, we were a territory for a long time, and a had, long time. you know, we were certainly existing. But, you know, it probably takes a little bit of time and some applications and interviews and things before you, you know, get accepted into the union. It's probably a lot of, you know, background checking and such that has to happen.
1: My kids who are six and eight, so, you know, highly knowledgeable as any six and eight year old are, um, tell me, uh, pre-pandemic anyway, they had a wonderful time visiting the Arizona History Museum at the Capitol Complex and were fascinated by... The backstories and the details. So, apparently, this answer to this question that I don't know is there to be learned if they're open or not. I don't know that either. uh, At the
0: well, there's just a lot, you know, there's a lot of interesting facts about the state, and, and, you know, so we've got obviously the Grand Canyon here. We're the only place in the world on the earth that grows the saguaro cactus. So it's kind of cool. Lots of, you know, hiking trails and biking trails. Two waterfalls are located here. I mean, there's just a lot of interesting facts, but that happens on, you know, Valentine's Day, February 14th. And so, you know, it's, it's a Sunday this year. So, you know, we're not getting any kind of special day off of work or anything, but it is the day before President's Day. And so for some, that will be a day off. So maybe you can extend your celebration of Statehood Day and Valentine's Day and President's Day. It's a Wallop of a weekend.
1: They're conterminous. Con- these holidays. They
0: are conter- conterminous. Okay, yes. you'll win. You win the conversation today to use it in another. I sentence. still don't know what
1: it means, but I but did I definitely it use it in the sentence.
0: I think it worked there. So, yeah. So that's just a little, bit, a little bit of fun fact for our uh, listeners: is Arizona Statehood Day. So you know. I don't have a lot to say about that one. That's kind of ends it right there. But I do want to talk about something else on regarding um, leadership and trust, which is also something you and I have talked about a long time about, you know, what what makes a good leader and what is effective leadership um, doesn't necessarily always mean um, that someone is trustworthy. We, we follow and we, you know, we agree to be in their midst because we, you know, think that they're an effective leader. Um, But really to, you know, to grow and advance, you really also have to be trusted. And I, I suspect I would put trust at the top of the list of something I would be looking for in someone that I wanted to follow because of the principles that they were doing. What do you think?
1: Well, for sure. And it's interesting. We often put the word effective and leadership together. And I like adding trust to the mix because clearly there can be leaders who are effective through authoritarian, rigid enforcement of things. You can be effective with fear. You can be effective with all kinds of things. Um, But the way in which... One leads, and the degree to which that leadership inspires others to to follow and to lead in their own right um, relies on trust. And I think the best leaders are effective and trustworthy. The best leaders are not holding themselves separate in some way and getting people to follow through manipulation or intimidation, which unfortunately can be effective but there's something else effective and good. Right. See, I am a little philosophical today. Very
0: philosophical. Well, you know, we we feature uh, Randy Hall quite a bit in our um, Arizona 100 e-newsletter. Um, he's with uh, Fourth Gear Communication out of um, Green, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And he talks a lot about what, effective leadership is and, you know, wh- how you build that foundation and much of what he talks about is in this concept of trust and where, um, you know, why you re- really why you need to have it and why you need all of those things to combine in order to get those that you are trying to influence and to come along and support and be a part of, um, you know, the conversation, you, you, you've got to build that sense. I can remember, you know, early on in this, in when social media was becoming a little more mainstream and we were using it, you know, personally and professionally, a, a lot of conversation at that point was around trust and that, that there was this inherent conversation around trust when I say to you, hey, Adrian, I need a recommendation for X. I trust you. You give me the recommendation. I automatically trust and respect that recommendation, right, and probably seek it out. And we do that a lot through referral and other things. But um, there, the the platform provided an opportunity for that kind of exchange of information. And then I think somewhat over uh you know over time that that maybe that trust factor eroded a bit because the platform kind of got in the way of itself um but the the trust in the individual is really where how it gets delivered i don't think is the, is the issue as much as who it is that's you know delivering that message and are do we find them trustworthy for sure and i think that's something that uh can be easily taken for
1: granted and so it behooves leaders to really examine this, inquire about it and and find out to what degree they are trustworthy and trusted. Um, Because a lot of times not asking for input, not asking for feedback can lead to the illusion that your leadership is trusted when in fact there may be a lot going on that people haven't been able to say. Mm -hmm. So openness and uh, honesty and safety, are also things that go along with creating an environment of trust and that that trust can be shared and communicated. Right. Well,
0: and you think about, you know, we, we even, even our inability maybe to share everything um, does not have to impact our trustworthiness, right? If, if you have been open and honest and transparent along the way, and then this isn't, then at this point say, this is something I can't share with you right now, but trust me, you're more likely to, you know, be able to do that, and I think that that applies to so many different circumstances about around, you know, in, in issues management and other things around the concept of trust. So we talk a little bit about that and 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 have um, in issues in the past. So if you've got a particular interest in the concept of leadership and trust, you'll find some interesting uh, pieces there in in past issues of the Arizona 100.
1: Now, one story that you've got in this issue, which connects directly to trust, if I may segue into it, is Please. banking. What, How people manage their money, how businesses do business has historically been relying on trust. We trust that the institutions have our best interests at heart. They'll manage our money well. It'll be there when we want it back. And you've got a story here about the Arizona Bankers Association moving in an entirely uh, innovative direction through their a partnership uh, forming the Arizona FinTech council trusting technology and financial services what's this all about
0: well and and that's um, you know the the concept of FinTech financial technology is you know we probably know it without knowing it right those are things like PayPal and Venmo and other things where we're using technology to do our our banking but the traditional banks have have maybe been a little bit slow to adopt that concept of really relying on technology because of course they're a an, an, uh, Relationship based, and they want to see and interact with uh, with their individuals, but the or with their customers. But I think there, there's value now in in seeing how the two things can come together and really bring this um, really viable option right to to the concept of you know financial services and banking. And so um, they are putting together this council to evaluate um, the the different types of institutions and community-based banking and the larger um, institutions and and with, you know, significant assets in the marketplace. And really how can those stakeholders from the government perspective, academics, uh, those of us that are, you know, maybe the customers are providing service to the industry and what does it mean and how do we grow that? And then ultimately, how are we um, introducing it as a career opportunity, right? That there might be some interest from the the student population, our university students in looking at this as an as a, um, a career path, a, a path to, um, you know, jobs and employment and such. So a pretty interesting relationship of blending kind of new concepts with more traditional tried and true and, and looking how we can be innovative in that space. And
1: connecting them to economic development, as you said. I mean, clearly Arizona is leading this uh, through the Arizona FinTech Sandbox, which is a public-private partnership, creating an environment in which new technologies can be developed and tested and proven uh, and so, it really does create opportunities not only for companies uh, to relocate or establish themselves here, given this environment is so welcoming and and uh, and conducive to developing new financial tech, but also partnering with universities uh, and attracting the best and the brightest and all the other things um, to really really grow in this regard. I mean, it's amazing to me. It's just, we obviously won't go too far down this path because it's a whole other conversation, but it's amazing to me how mired in the past. The way banking still is today, so it's nice to see that uh, an, an active embrace of innovation is happening here.
0: Right, and I and and the the idea of collaboration, right, and and we've the br- bringing like minded individuals to look at a uh, a problem or create solutions for things from that different perspective, and really how that. Uh, blending of knowledge, you know, will advance, and we've we've talked a lot about these kind of collaborations with the public private sectors and such coming together to do that. And and this is just another example of of how that's happening. And and you know, perhaps it's been the you know the pandemic that has pushed some of these things to the you know the top of the list of of what organizations like this want to do, or it's just a result of, but um, I think we're going to see a lot more of these collaborations come together with, with, um, you know, businesses and, and the government sector, the academics, et cetera, where we're coming together to, you know, look at and solve and create solutions for uh, the challenges that our businesses might be facing. So a couple other things um, in, you know, we always have uh, a focus in our issues on hospitality. And as we're coming around the bend here to uh, one year since the, you know, the the pandemic hit and we saw, you know, almost a complete shutdown of travel and tourism, there is slowly starting to um, come back and our, our hotels and restaurants across the state are really looking at opportunities to be able to, you know, and entice the locals, those of us that live here in Arizona to come and visit. And then, you know, what can we offer externally to the, the traveling public when it's safe to do so to come out and, you know, and visit and see what we've got going on. So Scottsdale Princess has their winter wonderland uh, throughout the month of February. Um, you can ice skate and there's snow themed rides and activities for kids and s'mores and all sorts of things really in a whole day's worth of activities out there at the Scottsdale Princess the Wrigley Mansion is partnering up with um, Phoenix Theater to present some outdoor theater experiences at the beautiful Wrigley Mansion um, outside, you know, overlooking the city with these um, best of Broadway programming. So really some opportunities and, and again, those collaborations between different organizations to, you know, bring these incredible experiences to to us here locally and then any visitors that might be coming to do, to the state to see what, uh, what the beautiful 48th state has to offer. A uh, few other tourist opportunities. Have you ever been to Jerome? I have. Yeah. So you might know the Clink Scale building that's been there since the 1800s. Yep. Back when Jerome was a mining town, well, it has been restored by the Haunted Group, which is a locally owned hospitality business and very, very focused in the northern Arizona. And they have reopened this building as a hotel, Clinksdale Hotel Bar and Grill, and it is really kind of a luxury with chic amenities and kind of the uh, upgraded, very modern style of amenities, but really with a, a nod to its um, 1800s history. So if you're looking for a road trip, that might be an opportunity to uh, check them out, some fun food opportunities. And uh, so they're in northern Arizona in Jerome, kind of a funky little town and cool little spot to check out. And then final story, I think is kind of well, two final stories. Another um, travel and tourism out in Tucson. We talked a little bit about Tucson in our last episode, but there is a sculpture park in Tucson, and um, it's a uh, two acres of locally produced, um, sculpture work. Um, It's going to be on display until the 4th of July at the Brandy Fenton Memorial Park, featuring work from a variety of different artists, um, many of which are for sale. So if you find yourself in the Southern Arizona areas, check out Sculpture Tucson at the Sculpture Park exhibit at the Brandy Fenton Memorial Park.
1: If you're looking for something monumental to put in your garden, this would be a good place to go.
0: That was good. Look at you. Yeah. We should be, what is that uh, spelling be, right? Use it in a sentence, please. So, the other final story is a, a health related story around. So, uh, February is uh, Dental Health Month. And so, we have a story from our folks over at Delta Dental uh, to talk about um, the uh, interplay between healthy mouth and your heart because it's also American Heart Month. So talk a little bit about some uh, warning signs and some things to take a look at as you are considering your oral health and your heart health um, and make sure both of those things are being taken care of to um, keep yourself in good working order. So a variety of items in this week's issue, um, business perspective, of course, our travel and tourism and a little health information. Um, All of those stories are on the Arizona100.com website as well as all of our past issues. Um, You can search for topics on real estate, on nonprofit, social services, uh, public affairs, we have probably touched on every topic um, and they reside there on that website in our archive. And if you're interested in subscribing, of course, you can do that at thearizona 100com as well.
1: Abby, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I get such an intriguing look at different events, stories, happenings, and issues throughout the state of Arizona. Thanks so much for joining us. For all of us here at PHX.FM, I'm Adrian McIntyre. We'll see you for the next Arizona 100 podcast.